Hello and welcome back to the Trench Run Report. It has been a while since we've recorded, but we are back and coming in a full swing. I'm your host, Justin Gray, and here with me is Aaron Russo, standing by. David Yoda Brooklander, standing by. <clears throat> and uh, this is a segment that we would like to call the Book of Boba Fett Club, where we, uh, re- where we look at an episode of the Book of Boba Fett um every every week until the show ends so we'll be looking at it on wednesdays and then the episodes will be released on fridays so the episodes will be ready for you and when the weekend comes rolling around um so uh, this so we are going to be starting out with uh chapter one called a a stranger in a strange land and um uh before we get into the uh, episode i will like to um Put out a spoiler warning. We will be getting into spoilers, so if you haven't if you haven't seen it yet, um, first of all, why are you here? <laughs> you should need to turn off, watch the watch the episode, then come back to the episode here. Exactly. <laughs> what the Misa says. This is Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> all right. So uh, to start off the episode, we'll have uh, Aaron. Uh, give a uh, recap of of the plot of the episode, and then uh, we'll be uh, getting into uh, our uh, geek chat after that, and then give it a final rating, and then we'll be ending the episode with a question. All right. Well, the episode really, I think, <clears throat> starts out with uh, us going right into um, the Sarlacc pit, and Boba Fett, we see Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit, and we see him escape from the Sarlacc pit, and uh, we get a cool visual of the sail barge blown up on the sands of Tatooine. There, um, <clears throat> and then uh, we get our we get the scene where the Jawas uh, take off his armor. Um, they take off his armor, and then they take it, put it in the sand crawl. That's how we get the backstory for when Cobb Vanth finds the armor from Mandalorian season two. Um, and then uh, Boba is discovered by the Tusken Raiders, and he's uh, taken back to their camp where he's tied up and kind of held prisoner with a Rodian who's also captured at some point. We don't see when that happens, but um, Boba tries to escape. Um, they track him down, and then there's kind of like this like honor duel where he duels this other Tusken, and he loses um and then they take him back to the camp um and i think that's where it cuts and then we get uh we go back to present time or current time um and we get the um scene with uh boba in java's old throne room where all the crime lords are coming in to pay tribute um not sure where the idea came from to have a wookie pelt there that was really stunning to me i was like oh my god is that chewbacca it couldn't be chewbacca but like whoa a wookie pelt that's pretty dark um anyway so and then he's uh the mayor of mos espa uh comes uh, sends a uh someone to represent him and there's kind of a standoff there so we get that set up where the the mayor is not respectful to him and instead of bringing a tribute he wants job boba to give him a tribute um so then um they go 
out to collect, I guess, to kind of introduce themselves to everyone and collect their their tax or whatever they're trying to get from everybody. Um, they go to a cantina in Mos Espa. We get a great little sequence there. Max Rebo lives. Very exciting. Um, and then once they leave there after collecting the money, they're ambushed by these like space ninjas. Um, and there's a kind of a fight in the street. Um, and uh, they end up capturing one of the assassins. Um, but Boba is uh, injured in the battle and he gets taken back to Jabba's palace where he goes back into the back to tank and then goes back into a flashback. We go back to Tatooine to the time when he'd gotten out of the Sarlacc pit and um, he is taken to um, uh, a location where we see some uh, thugs um, robbing a moisture farmer of their water. Um, and then the, child Tuscan Raider who's dragging him and the Rodian along makes them dig for these, I don't know, sea urchin water rocks or whatever. I never, this is new to Star Wars. Um, and they end up digging and then they unearth this giant f like four-legged, four-armed, two-legged or four-legged, two-armed monster um, who I think pretty much kills the Rodian and disables the Tuscan, but then Boba defeats the creature and uh, then they go back to the camp with the creature's head and the Tuscan kid tries to take credit for it but uh, the leader of the the tribe um, gestures to <clears throat> Boba and gives him some water so basically like he's like thank you for saving my son I guess um, and so he's kind of accepted into the tribe that's the story so, uh, what what are your thoughts on uh, this uh, this uh, episode, David? <clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, they st I think they started out really good <clears throat> with uh, kind of going flashbacks back to Genosis Camino. Um, loved that shot when Little Boba picks up Django's helmet. I just love Django's armor. So anytime I see Django, it's just like it's like I don't, I don't know. It's like the cherry on top. And the way they were able to represent that as he continues to go through flashbacks. And hopefully we'll see more. <clears throat> you know, I've been, <clears throat> I was talking with you guys earlier about hoping to see flashbacks with um, Django and Boba. Um, like in the comics where Django takes Boba on bounties, bounty missions. Mm -hmm. So it'd be cool to see him get kind of like educated in the ways of the Mandalorian and the profession of bounty hunting in the TV show. I think that'd be great. Um other than that, there's not. I didn't have a whole lot. <clears throat> I didn't have a whole lot wrong with this episode, um, especially coming from like Aaron. Of course, we talked about the legends aspect. Um, <clears throat> but of course, the legends aspect. It's Dengar that finds and <clears throat> rescues Boba. Um, so there's not a whole lot of difference there. Um, okay, is that is that from like the Dark Dark Empire uh, storyline, like where he, where Dengar saves him? Or I believe that... it's from like. It's either the Bounty Hunter books or, like, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. Oh, okay. Um, real, real good series. And it take, it takes Boba a good long while to recover from that. Um, and I think they portrayed that really well when he's in the Sarlacc with how, um, back in Return of the Jedi, when 3PO says along the lines of it'll take years and years for you to digest through the Sarlacc. A thousand years. Yeah. And, like, I don't remember exactly how he says it, but there's something within the Sarlacc that paralyzes its victims that allows the creature to 
I don't know, slowly chew on the person or victim for that, I don't know, amount of time. But it was really cool to see him actually kind of struggle through that and the, his Beskar or Mandalorian armor that he got from Django helped helped him with that. Then, of course, seeing him go out on the offensive, just open up with the flamethrower, there's just like, all right, he's he's getting out. Then he pops out out of the sand. So it's like, almost, have you guys, I don't know if you guys have seen like the mummy movies, but that mm-hmm. kind of got that kind of like vibe, like, oh, Return of the Jedi, he's dead. And I was like, arms up, he's crawling out of the sand, he's, no, he's Boba's back. Um, I thought the, the journey with the Tuscans was interesting. Um, adding a little more culture to kind of what they built or started to build from uh, Mandalorian Season 2. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool to see more of that because, um, of course, the only thing we've seen before Mandalorian was from Attack of the Clones. And the only thing we got from that was Anakin sneaking through the Tuscan camp, finding Shmi, and then killing everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool to see that then see that how they have kind of like that uh, warrior tradition and that when the Tuscan leader, no, like you were saying, Aaron, he knows it wasn't the kid that killed the monster. It was it was Boba. And there's, <clears throat> they kind of start to respect him for that. So it's just kind of interesting to see where, where they'll take that because um, in Mandalorian, we see him, he's got the gaffi stick, he's got their slug thrower, and he's got like that black robe so I'm, I'm curious to see where they're gonna go with it. Um, the action was good. Scenes with Boba and Fennec were good. I was a little surprised that they let Boba take so much damage in that fight in the in the city, um, mm. especially seeing him like how he fought against the stormtroopers uh, with Fennec in Mandalorian. It kind of seemed like they he was. Maybe they were holding him back or holding him in reserve or trying to show a different side of him. But seeing him, like, how he fought against the Stormtroopers, against these people, it just it kind of seemed a little strange to me. Um, it was cool seeing him blast that guy off, that was, <laughs> off the rooftop with his that gauntlet. That was so great. <laughs> um, that guy was gone. <laughs> no disintegrations. <laughs> it, was kind of, it was cool seeing that chase with Fennec Shan and the assassins kind of get a little bit of a Assassin's Creed vibe, Middle Eastern kind of running across rooftops and a little hand-to-hand combat. Um, then she kick, kicks that guy off the roof. <laughs> that that was pretty funny. <clears throat> um, yeah, I thought it was a, a good start. Um, I'm glad it wasn't a short episode. It was kind of a mid-length one. Um, kind of hoping that they'll do kind of back to the 45-minute, maybe an hour-long episodes. Um, yeah, fingers crossed on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the only other thing was really that creature that came up out of the sand. Oh, the uh, Cl- Clash of the Titans looking yeah. Uh, one. Yeah. Yeah, um, cause I, I thought at first it was just going to be like um, uh, crate, dragon. crate Dragon or <clears throat> something along those lines because that's all that's ever been <clears throat> been talked about as far as the creatures of Tatooine, other than the, the Banthas, the Dubaks, Sarlacc. Um, so seeing seeing something new, I guess, is refreshing. But at the same time, for me, it was just kind of like, okay, kind of what, what hat did you pull that out of kind of thing. Um, but, of course, if they went with a bigger creature or something, it'd be like, how would Boba 
kill that with just just a chain. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, got some big Return of the Jedi slave Leia vibes with uh, Jabba when and he's choking the yeah, thing out. When yeah. Boba was choking the the creature. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I thought it was re- overall really good episode. Mm. So, um, Aaron, what what were your thoughts on it? Um, I was very entertained. I I mean, my first time, the first watching of the episode, like, I try to just, you know, take it as it comes and be in the moment and not really try to, you know, and I was just, I was never bored. I, I was, I mean, for me, like, I loved the whole, like, like, there's a degree to which I know that there's been other depictions of it, but we've never seen a live action depiction of what happens to Boba after Return of the Jedi? What? How did he get out? Right? Like, so for me, it was like I thought it was really cool that they actually just like literally like, like, tied it right into that scene from Return of the Jedi, and we got that visual of Boba in the Sarlacc pit, and and we saw how he got out. I thought that was just for me like as as a as a fan of the movies when they first came out, like just to have that connection shown to me on the screen got me just hooked in like seeing his arm come out of the sand seeing the sail barge in the background like it pulled it into the original trilogy and like made it feel like a part of that story and that universe um i absolutely loved the jawas and how they were used i thought that was just hilarious how like here's boba fett like like he's like the biggest badass of you know like the the star wars universe and he's so helpless and the Jawas just take off all his armor, and he tries to wake up and grab him, and they just smack him on the head and laugh, and they're just walking away like he's nothing. Um, I really and I, I like I really enjoyed I I loved the even the even just the cold the cold open just the part with like showing the images of Jabba's palace all empty with the music and like all of that just really hit really well. I love how that set things up. I really enjoyed um, uh, all the flashback scenes to me were really, especially the first sequence, the first one, just that whole depiction of uh, like what happened to Boba. And like, I just think the way they, they showed him, you know, it really, I felt what like you, you feel like his suffering and his pain and his, you know, like this guy is just, he's barely alive. Like he's struggling to, to, to survive. Um, and I think Tamira Morrison just did a great job of of showing that. Um, I thought the scene the scene with the with the all the crime lords coming into Jabba's throne room was also again very Return of the Jedi, very tying into the original trilogy. I love that the feel of that and the the, the vibe of that and like the joke about I think we're gonna need a protocol droid. I thought that was great. Like, <laughs> I just think there was a lot of things that worked there. Um, love the cantina scene. I probably the only time that I really was like had some issues was the street scene, the fight scene and the chase with with Fennec and those those assassins. A lot of it just came across as very orchestrated. Like it it didn't have like it felt very choreographed, Mm -hmm. I guess, is the way I would say it. Like it, it, it it was cool looking. But it just felt very choreographed, and like the part where they're like parkouring through the rooftops, it like it looked so choreographed to me. <laughs> like it didn't look like they were actually like just running and like trying to improvise a way out. It was like they were doing an obstacle course that they'd been through before or something like that. Um, 
So I was a little bit taken. That's the only part that where I was like, yeah, that's kind of, kind of didn't quite come off as authentic. Um, but I loved the scene where he blew that guy up. I mean, that was just like, it was just like, this, 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 this is cool. This is cool. And then he just goes, and the guy's gone. <laughs> and then he tells Finnick to bring someone back alive. I thought that was hilarious. Like, um, and then, uh, and I, I think that the, the, the going back to Tatooine at the end, the flashback to when he kind of earns his way into the tribe, which I thought was very cool. Um, I love that they really did. It really did feel like a prequel to what we saw in Mandalorian season two. So obviously this is going to be at least, I think the show is going to partially half of it's going to be about his experiences on Tatooine um, being a part of this Tuscan tribe. And that's going to make him who he is when he establishes himself as the replacement for Jabba. And he's going to be, that's going to make him what I think they're trying to make him, which is that he's, he's had these experiences. He's been humbled. He's been exposed to other, you know, another way of life. Um, really reminded me, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, this is a little older, like Dances with Wolves had a very like Dances with Wolves vibe. Like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, where he's, he's living with the natives of Tatooine and he's, he's kind of going to become a different person. Um, and I'm sure there'll be some people. I'm sure there's a lot of fans that will not like that. But I think I think we're gonna get a, a Boba's not gonna be Boba anymore the way we knew him as the bounty hunter. He's gonna be someone different. Um, but I liked it. I thought they did a good job. I thought like it was very believable to me that that's the you know the story. I think it was very very well done. So I overall enjoyed the episode. Um, like I said, the only time I was a little bit off was was the uh, the um, some of the choreography looked a little stale. Um, and I was a little bit, uh, it was a little bit, um, interesting. I mean, if it wasn't for that massive being with that kid, like Boba could have just like gotten away anytime he wanted. Mm -hmm. Like this kid, this little kid is like, you know, and did you, I'm sure you all picked up on the fact that he called him a youngling. Oh, yes. That was Mm -hmm. also very interesting. I was waiting for Anakin to come out and be like, youngling? <laughs> a Tuscan youngling. Even better. I, I'm wondering what you guys think about uh, the fact that in A New Hope and in episode two, um, the Tuscans are really just depicted as like, you know, not really anything good about them. Right. And in The Mandalorian season two and in this show, we kind of get a more like, I don't know, like they're they're not all bad. But then in episode two, now I don't know if that means, like I wonder sometimes, like you know, if we see them in a different light, is that how is that going to change what Anakin did? Does it make what he did worse, like because he slaughtered these people who aren't as bad as he thought they were, which I think really actually works really well, mm-hmm. um, or is this just lame because they're changing what Tusken Raiders are, or Sand People, or whatever we call them? I mean, it could go either way. Um... It could be that you no know, pre-empire to empire time, uh, they they were vicious. Then something could have happened. They ended up having to change or be a little more nomadic, a little less territorial, I guess, or along those lines. Because I know in yeah. I know in uh, legends. <laughs> Gonna go off in that rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a comic, one of the comics where Vader goes back and he actually butchers an entire tribe of Tuscans. 
And then there's one survivor who goes back to the other Tuscan tribes and they build like almost like this altar to Vader, how like they think like the gods that they worship sent this demon to come terrorize them and they have to change their ways or something similar to that. Interesting. So it could be just tying in that way or they're, or Filoni and them are just like, you know what, we've had their vicious side, now let's go with a little more protective warrior type. Like, they'll only attack if there's need need for or, it. Right. Or invoked. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that they are, up to this point, they were, they were depicted as, like... Animals. Yeah. Like vicious ho- animals. Yeah, like hostile for no unprovoked uh, hostility, which is what I'm... I mean, that's the way it's depicted, right, is that Shmi is, like abducted for no good reason you know and they keep her and yeah it's interesting it's interesting uh, so the, so that means that according to tuscans darth vader's like a serial killer now yeah He's something like that or constantly a constantly killing people yeah <laughs> yeah and plus like with the uh shmi uh skywalker uh getting ca- captured thing i i think i think it was more like george lucas paying homage to like a john wayne film called the searcher um like where a woman gets abducted by Native Americans and he has to go find her. Um, so hmm. there, there's that. But um, but yeah, other other than that, I do kind of like how they uh, um, de- depict the uh, uh, Tuscan Raiders like in in the Mandalorian, especially in the Mandalorian. Um, like where where we get to see a little bit more of their side of life and. Uh, and I'm really excited to see where they're gonna go with that with uh, the book of Boba Fett as well. Do you think we'll get more more Tuscans Tuscan stuff after after the flashbacks? So like we'll still get obviously like the flashbacks, but once um, those are over, do you think the Tuscans are gonna play any role? Like in, I, the, in the present day timeline. Yeah. Right? I feel like if they play their cards right, they can somehow. Uh, make a comeback around with with the tuscans where they need their help maybe in the future in the future um but i feel like they might go a different route like after the flashbacks um that's that's just what i think i i wouldn't say that that possibility is too far out of reach so that the tuscans get incorporated into the current present day storyline yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of like maybe, maybe there might be like a, a Fremen Atreides uh, alliance. <laughs> so, so, sorry to reference Doom, but like I, I could see that happening. But I feel like that's something that they might uh, that is less likely to happen because we are gonna probably focus more on Boba Fett if we even get a season two of the Book of Boba Fett. So, what do you guys think about uh, like just? So we have like two storylines, past and present, present mm-hmm. in in the story, um, and I feel like they definitely are. I feel like the the flashbacks and the current storyline, like there, it's like as you're watching the flashbacks, you're learning more about what who Boba Fett is in the present day storyline, and that that's going to continue. I would guess, although I'd guess. Eventually, they'd have to figure out a different way for him to have flashbacks than constantly going in the back to tank. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Put him in the back to tank. We need another flashback. It's like, hopefully, they'll they'll come up with some other ways to have these flashbacks. But um, I guess one one of the things that I, I I find intriguing is like just the whole concept of like like so already in this episode, right? Like Boba's like 
well, I'm the new crime lord. And it's like, well, no, you're not. <laughs> so like, right. it's like he can't just walk in and go, I'm Boba Fett, that badass guy from Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I am now the crime lord. You will do what I tell you. And in this episode, like they're like trying to kill him. And the one mayor is like, no, I'm not tributing to you. Like, so we're setting, he's being set up to like kind of have a battle on his hands, like have a struggle on his hands to, to establish himself as this crime Lord. And, um, I was listening to some, I don't remember what I've watched quite a few YouTube videos today already. And someone mentioned somewhere, and I didn't even know that there was a crimson dawn theme, but apparently somewhere in the show, there's a crimson dawn theme playing. And that there's some speculation that Crimson Dawn will surface as the ultimate um, adversary to Boba. Um, But I do think that it's interesting, like, maybe we can talk about this more later when we talk about predictions. But I think it's really interesting, like, I'm I'm very, what I think they did really well in this episode is they made me want to know more. I want to know, like, how this goes for him, like how his move to be job as replacement goes, like, where is this going? Um, and I want to see more of like his backstory on Tatooine, like post Sarlacc pit. Like, I think that the show, the episode did a really good job of, for me, of making me want to see, Oh, like, you know, what was that time like for him? And I don't know. Do you guys know, like, what's the timeline? Like from the time that he gets out of the Sarlacc pit to the time that he's, trying to replace Jabba, how many years is that? It's like five years, so isn't it? Six, six years. Six five, years. Six years. Because mm-hmm. Mandalorian season one is five years after Return of the Jedi, right? Um, actually, yeah. So we technically so, do yeah, see some, him in, in season one of The Mandalorian because yeah. he's the one that finds Fennec, mm-hmm. right? So five or six years. So that, so that means that there's five or six years of stories that you could tell about Boba wandering the desert, being on Tatooine and and being with the Tusken Raiders and and all that, um, and then and at the same time, like I'm super. I I think there's so many cool things they could do with like as he like because if you think about it, like in in the current storyline, in the present day storyline, right? Like like most people would still know the name Boba Fett. Right. So as that name surfaces more and more, and it's like Boba Fett, Boba Fett took over the huts, Boba Fett, you know, like you can just see the potential for some really cool storytelling and conflict in the underworld of Star Wars that I think I think could be epic. And like after watching this episode and like some of the stuff I've heard, like I wouldn't be surprised at all if at some point we get Han. I was just thinking that in some way. Mm in this story because like and i think it would be really cool to have like a almost like a scene where like where like there's like almost like a reconciliation or like some kind of like you know like tension but then it's like we're cool like i was just doing my job back then or something like that i don't know (laughs) no hot feelings (laughs) i got some frostbite still but but I think I think I I just I thought that the episode did a really good job of those things. I think I think that some people were just disappointed because I think that um, I was thinking about this like you know at the end of Mandalorian season one the first episode we get Grogu 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. And the beginning, and then season two, episode one of the Mandalorian, we get Boba Fett, right? Yeah. So this felt a little. We didn't get a. We didn't get a. They didn't drop the mic on this episode. It just kind of ended. And I think that maybe there's a little bit of disappointment there for me, even like it was like there was no big moment. Um, but once I got over that, I felt more comfortable with like, yes, this was really good storytelling. Mm-hmm. So um, overall, um, the first time I watched it, I, I kind of went in with this mindset of, okay, it's Star Wars. Let me just get let me just get this done with um, kind of uh, mindset because um, I, I just wasn't feeling it. And then after, and after the episode, I was like, holy crap. I felt like my childhood came flooding back. Yeah. It, it felt like it was like if if you could tell my six-year-old, if my six-year-old self, hey, he gets out. Then right, exactly. It, then, yes. man, it, it would have... Like, I feel like it felt like I, I just sat in front of a screen and saw a dream come true in a way. Um, and uh, I, as you you guys both said, loved the uh, Sarlacc scene, uh, loved how he got out and uh, thought the Jawa scene was hilarious. <laughs> <I love it. laughs> um, like that apparently Jawas can... Uh, uh, but you with a gun, uh, with a rifle, but very hard. Because <laughs> right. I, I felt like I felt that once. Whack. So <laughs> I just gotta say, like the Jawas have become like even going to like the move all the movies, uh-huh. right? And then even Mandalorian season one and two, like the Jawas uh-huh. have become like my favorite comic relief in Star Wars. They're just they're hilarious. They're so funny. And like they have such a unique place in the in the universe, like, and they're like like even that little moment where they drop the helmet and all the coins come out, and they're all utini. Like it's like that you can get so much mileage out of these Jawas. Like just they're like these annoying little pesky little like creatures, but they're like they're funny. They're, yeah, and they're so central to the story. It's like hilarious. They just like show up at the most critical points of the story, like you know, beat the crap out of Boba Fett, or like just happen to sell Luke. The droids that you know it's like like it's just and a there's such a i think it's i think one of the things i think you hit you just hit it right on the head like it just there were so many things about this episode that just brought me back to like ot star wars like and gave me that you know like like and it made me realize like even thinking about the jaw was like like i mean really let's just stop for a second like the jaw was a ridiculous like like that just should not work a bunch of midgets running around with little glowing eyes and a hood. Like, it's like, how does that even, you know, and it's like iconic. It's iconic. Yep. Like it works yep. every time you put it on the screen. Even and, when you disintegrate them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Which is hilarious. <laughs> like in any other scenario, that would have been horrifying. But watching Din, like. <laughs> vaporize Yeah, him. vaporize them was hilarious. Because you're like, hey, stop stealing my ship. Like, but yeah, anyway, I'm sorry. I just, I kind of, but like. Yeah, that that's fine. It, that, yeah. that 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 is that is like like I the scenes at the beginning um just pulled me right into that Star Wars like like it when it gave when it, the times I think that the show really worked was when it gave you 
the things that you, like you said, Justin, that you'd always been thinking about, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that you'd never seen in live action and like to see it like, and to see it portrayed in a way that's like so faithful to the original look and feel of Tatooine. Like it all looked the same. It looked perfectly, it looked like Tatooine from the original trilogy. Um, and it was just really, really fun to watch that that part play out. And it was just, yeah, it was fun. I thought the uh, scene where the uh, um, crime lords are coming in to pay tribute, that scene was really cool. It, it, it kind of had this like weird Game of Thrones kind of feel to it, which like for me, that should be like super out of place for Star Wars, but... Here it just was like okay, we get to learn a little bit more about uh, the other other crime lords around the area, um, and and not just like from I don't know if they were from out of um, like off out of Tatooine or not. It feel it feels like some of them are, but like a majority of them are, aren't. Like the mayor, hmm. um, which I feel like he's he might be playing a bigger part later on. I uh, can't wait to For see sure. where that goes. I really enjoyed like the tributes and stuff, especially like the Trandoshan. Oh yeah, the, he comes in and goes, "May you never leave, Moses." But I think it's like from a Trandoshan, like a, a compliment sounds like a threat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think all the dialogue in that scene was just so well done. Like, and I loved, of course, the appearance of the droid torture the oh. droid who tortures droids yeah. <laughs> like, oh know? yeah i don't know i don't know the official name of that droid but like and like and like the just the whole vibe of that scene it just it was a perfect like um homage to you know return of the jedi and 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 but but i also really liked that it was like and what i what i really liked about this episode and the scenes in the current the present day timeline was that like Boba's still a badass. Mm-hmm. Oh, he'll, yeah. he'll still blow you up or like that scene where he hits that guy and his face is all like, you know, like he's, he's still like got a wild side to him, but he's also like not, he's, he's, I don't know if he's saying in over his head, but he's in different yeah, territory. And I think that, that throne room scene, it was similar. It was kind of, you kind of felt like, like he's like, like, I understand what, what that guy this? said. And what do you mean you don't you don't have a tribute like he wants a tribute and like she's like explaining to him and he's like hmm well uh, I'm confused right yeah. like like he's he's not just like and I think yeah. he is I think the point is like right he's like 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 maybe like old Boba Fett or the Boba Fett that we would want to see would just be like you don't have a tribute <laughs> like you're dead you know it's like, like but we don't get that right like he's like he's more diplomatic and he's more. Like, right, like he doesn't want to be carried around town on a thing and he doesn't want to, you know, and like, and like when they offer to clean their helmets, she says no. And he says, yes, you know, like he's, he's, but, but he's also not, it's not, there's bumps in the road Mm -hmm. for him. And he's not, it's not just everybody's just like, oh, Boba Fett. We all bow down, you know, it's like, like, nope. One thing that was interesting, and maybe you guys feel the same with, especially watching like, Mandalorian season one, two, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, is that they had that fight scene. Boba had his helmet off. He didn't have his helmet on during that fight. The street fight? Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, yeah, he had his money in it, and when he used his rocket inside the ray shield, 
the helmet went fine, but right. it was interesting to me that they they played it that way where he didn't have his helmet on. Somebody was um, speculating that maybe that was that they put the money in his helmet on purpose oh, so that when he yeah. went outside, he wouldn't have his helmet on so that he'd be more vulnerable. Now, I don't know. We don't know who those assassins came from, but that was an interesting thought. Yeah, I, I have an idea, on, but we'll get to that on, in uh, the speculation uh, section. So, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I love the, the flashback that happens after the fight scene. Uh, with the kid um, and the uh, Clash of the Titans monster look, monster look like I guess, um, and uh, yeah, I, it 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 just made me feel excited uh, and to uh, see Star Wars Weekly again, which was mm-hmm. some something I feel like I've sorely missed um, ever since uh, uh, primarily the Mandalorian, but we had a little bit of that in Bad Batch. Um, but it wasn't to this scale. It lost. So, it lost momentum. Um, but yeah, for everyone, I I, I think that that's. Well, I, what what did you guys think of? I was a little bit confused, and I don't know if you guys have any insight into this. Like when the kid drags them into the desert, and and the and he takes them to that homestead, and they see these guys raiding them. Did he take them there on purpose? Did he want them to see that? Did he take them there? And like I was a little bit confused about, like, was he just taking them out there to go dig in the sand for these water nuggets, I, or? Yeah, I I feel like that's just more like story coincidence. Like maybe like the that gang will probably be showing up again later on. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, but. Yeah, that that's kind of what I got out of it. So they were wandering so, out in the desert, and I think it's like probably on on the way way to where they were looking for the uh, uh, very moldy looking pumpkin things that they were drinking out of. <laughs> but, um, I, they they looked like uh, those things you find in the ocean. I don't know what they're called, but anyway. like like seer like I don't know. Like, There's something. It, Either way, I think so. Th- so then, I guess like the the idea is that they just happened upon that scene. Yeah, that's that's what I got. Out and of I, it. and I and I feel like I feel like that's the first like of probably many we're supposed to feel like when Boba sees that that he's kind of like, well, that's effed up. Like that's not cool. Why are they stealing those people's water? Like like that that's starting to give him a pers- different perspective. Like he's seeing the brutality. And the viciousness, and he's like, I don't think that should happen on Tatooine. Yeah. Oh, and I I don't know if you guys were like really paying attention, but um, one of the, um, it looked like one of the gang members was putting something in the water that was spraying out. Um, which really? I was like, okay, maybe it might, maybe they're poisoning the water hole. <laughs> uh, Possibly. So, so nobody else can get some water, like. And did anybody pick up on what that symbol is? Does that have any existence prior to this show? The symbol mm, that they spray painted on the building? Not that I know of. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean obviously, it's like I the mean, mark of their gang. Yeah. But I'm just curious if that has I mean, any. It, I'm trying to remember the Arabish uh, alphabet, and I don't. It looked like a really messed up A, but even, even then, no. I, I don't really think it. So these guys are just running around, and whenever they, you know, 
steal from someone or do something nasty to someone, they put their mark on the building. They're the wet bandits. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then and, and then what did you guys I was also like a little bit like so like when he defeats the creature in that fight right um he could have just bailed right mm. or or no, yeah. or no. Well, probably uh, I I guess it kind of depends on where he's at um if if like the only place where he can hide out is that uh place that got marked up by the gang not not a very good not i don't think that would i don't think he'd last very long there and uh i don't know if like i don't know where the so you think he was just like well i don't have many other options i think i'll just go back with the with the tuscans yeah pretty much though though at the same time it's he's he was telling the rodian that he could probably get them to anchorhead right um which is like okay you know how far that is so, so like yeah, it seems know. like he maybe, because initially right he's trying to get away, yep, mm-hmm. and then he decides, ah, eh, maybe I'll stick around, and I think that's also part of his backstory, right? It's like he initially he's like just looking for a way to escape, and then he has a change of heart and he's like, well, maybe I'll stay with these, these people here. I don't really have any options, so on and so forth. Um, but they never really explained that fully. But I mean, like I just wasn't sure, like, cause I think, so the Rodian was killed, right? I think mm-hmm. that's yeah. pretty obvious. Yeah. And was the massive killed as well? Right. I remember like the massive had clutched on the, the creature's arm. Oh, and he, like, yeah, he, he, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he died. Yeah. So he, so it was just him and the kid. Mm-hmm. I think so. I or don't did remember. the massive come back with him? I no, don't, I don't remember. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay. So that he really, truly could have bailed. He was like, it's just him yeah. and the kid. He could have taken off, but he didn't. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, let's get into speculation time. Uh, who would like to go first? I would speculate <laughs> that I don't know if this is like I don't know if I have any big like speculations, but I do think that I think we're gonna see a lot of. In the flashbacks, we're going to see a lot of different things play out, like on Tatooine, where he's going to he's going to see, like kind of like the the lay of the land. And this is right post Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. which we know right is creates a power vacuum, and there's all kinds of chaos, and and Jabba's dead, right? So like yep. he's probably going to see all of this, you know really bad behavior by all these crime lords and all these people on Tatooine. And I wonder if we'll see Bib Fortuna at any point mm. in the flashbacks. Um, but uh, so I expect that we'll see, you know, I don't know how that will incorporate um, any potential big characters coming onto the scene during the flashbacks. Cause that seems to be the more ripe time where we could see Han Solo. People have speculated about Cad Bane Mm-hmm. Or any of the other bounty hunters, Dengar, Bosk, or anybody like that. Like maybe like something where like you know uh, Boba's past comes back to haunt him, you know, and some of the people who knew him in his previous life show up, or Han or shows Ar- up, or uh, Ara. Oh wait, no, no, not Ara Singh because she's she's dead around. She the dies time of Solo. in yeah. right. Yeah. What's his name again? The guy who kills her. Uh, 
Beckett. Beckett. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that my if I was going to make a big prediction, I think I think in the flashback point part of things, I would be very. I'd go out and, on a limb and say I think there's a good chance that we might um, uh, have something happen with either other bounty hunters um, or with Han Solo. Um, and in the present day timeline, I think the Han Solo piece could also come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think the interesting thing for me is maybe so I, I'm. I don't know if we know. I'm, I'm assuming this is one season. We're not getting multiple seasons of the Book of Boba Fett, or are we? Yeah, um, it hasn't really been confirmed uh, if there is going to be a season two. So, so if yeah, there is, if there's only one season, then I think I'd go out on a limb and say that it's possible that this season ends with Boba Fett dying and not existing anymore but as i say that it makes me think that there's certain to be more than one season and that they could they could continue to tell because i feel like i feel like if i'm if i'm like if we're going way out in projections right like if you think about this in terms of the big picture mandalorian ahsoka everything like boba's character if he can establish himself firmly as this crime lord like, because like the huts, right? They're like they're not just on Tatooine, right? Like, right, right. They're, they're big. They're, there's and like if, a big, uh, uh, cart. Like, there's like a big group of them, like that meet up in Nel Hada. So it's like right, like they're yeah, yeah they have people on Coruscant, right? Like, yeah. see, okay, here's my here's my big thing. I think this is the way I'd like to see this happen. Is <laughs> there's some big, like Boba rises in power, and by the end of the season, there's this big showdown between him and some other powerful group. He, Dawn, the Pikes, or something uh, like that. Yeah. He wins and establishes himself as this galactic crime lord, right? But he has connections to Din Djarin, to Grogu, to you know this bigger story that's being told, and he's kind of like the 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 ally that you don't bring home to your mother, you know, it's like right. he's, he's the guy who you call, but you don't want anybody to know that he's on your side, mm-hmm. <laughs> like something like that. I think that that, that could be very interesting. So I would love to see something like that where like his, his character becomes like, you know, he's the head of the underworld for all essential purposes. And mm-hmm. that's strategically significant for like going even further out to like any, any, you know, in the bigger picture, right? Like potentially like Thrawn mm-hmm. and Mandalore and all this stuff. It has a lot of potential for that bigger storyline for okay. him to be this ongoing crime Lord character, which would be, Oh, so good. <laughs> so like, and, and the play on top of like what you, you were just saying, like something just came to my mind. I was like, okay, well, what if he, what if he gets so big that it caught the attention of the uh, new Republic? And even worse, what if like the New Republic can't get itself a decent like n- enough ground to establish itself as a government where they have to rely on Fett's help? Well, they had like, their currency it. was on Tatooine already. Yeah, that that's that's a yeah that's I did notice that mm-hmm. as well. The um, currency was already f- in circulation in the criminal underworld, so credits will do fine. 
Right. <laughs> now I have to get new Republic credits? Oh. <laughs> That's it. Waddle's coming back. Waddle's coming back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Credits? They're no good here. Oh, yeah? <laughs> How about new Republic credits? So, uh, yeah. Just thinking kind of what you're going off of, uh, Aaron. I'm... There's eight episodes, right, for the season? Seven. Seven? Yeah, seven. seven. So I think that that'd be a great way to go, but I don't think they could do that in six, seven episodes. So what I'm going to pull out of my uh, theory hat is I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking they're going to intertwine this with Mando Season 3. So kind of like how the, uh, okay. how they did it with the TV series of Flash and Arrow, how they did crossovers. They they could do episodes where Din Djarin comes in, and then that episode crosses over to season three of Mando. Mm-hmm. So even though the Book of Boba Fett could end, it could continue on or switch over into Mando season, season three. three. <laughs> and as far as, uh, you know, like, cameos or fan stuff for the fan the hardcore fans like what they did in Mando season two as cool as it would be to see like Han and Chewie come in and then you get the flashbacks of Return of the Jedi and stuff I think it'd be cooler is it ties into Mando season three Ahsoka where they're kind of hinting at Thrawn being kind of like the ultimate baddie Mm mm-hmm and if if that's the case, let's just say Luke Luke finds out about Thrawn. He's got whatever, whatever dark troopers, whatever new new clones that he can't defeat because he's not strong enough. So then they could tie into Legends, which is where when the solo kids Jason and Janna, Jason turned to the dark side, became Darth Kaidus. Canon, that's Kylo Ren. In Legends, Jaina went to Boba Fett to learn how to be efficient in killing Force users, even though she was already a fully trained Jedi. So I think it'd be cool where Luke finds out about Thrawn, realizes he's good, but he can't, he's not at that point where he's like, all right, I can take on whatever Thrawn has. Where he goes to Jabba's palace and seeks Boba's help. I would be fine with that. I would be fine with that. <laughs> and then you just cut it. Oh man! I mean, then there'd be cool flashbacks because you could do you could go flashbacks back to the skiff when Luke right. and Boba are going at it, or you can go further back with like the Legends can't comics where Boba actually fights Luke at Ben Kenobi's house. So that would be cool too. You give me Luke and Boba again, like because like right, like a Luke has would definitely have beef with Boba, right? Like. Last time Luke saw Boba, other than, well, other than Return of the Jedi, right? Like, he's the one who took Han, mm-hmm. right? Like, there would be serious beef there. And you could even play into the yeah. Empire Strikes Back comics, where mm-hmm. land, the, the rebel group, they're trying to get, get Boba Fett to get Han back. Even though when you have uh, Crimson Dawn coming back and stealing Han from Boba. Right. So then there's that back and forth with who's going to get Han, who has... Boba, back that's and why forth. I think we might get Crimson Dawn in this. I mean, that that'd be series. cool too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a possibility. So uh, let's let's go with uh, um, our uh, final score for the episode. Um, 
I'll, I'll go first. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Um, it was it was fun. It brought me back to um, moments of, of my childhood. And uh, and it was great to see them getting fulfilled. Um, I liked the I kind of liked the direction where they're taking uh, Boba Fett as a character. Um, uh, is it is it as groundbreaking as the first episodes of the of of the Mandalorian seasons one and two? No, but I don't really think it needs to be. I like how it's kind of stay being its own uh, show without trying to give us a super big surprise. I feel like they'll probably do that a little bit later on in the show. For me, I'd give it a good uh, 8.4 out of 10. So uh, what's your thoughts, Aaron? Uh, well, I, since I'm not prone to decimals uh, in my scores, I will give it a firm, solid 8 out of 10. I would say that it was it was definitely strong 8, like no, no reservations about giving it an 8. I think that the only reason I don't go nine or ten is just because I think it, as an episode in what I perceive and how I perceive the story going, it was really like you know truly like just it's kicking off the story. So it's not going to be that nine or ten level like payoff. It's just we're setting up the story, we're setting up the characters, we're setting up everything, and I think because of that, it's like it's an eight. Like it didn't, it didn't, I didn't. I didn't have any time that I, where I was just like, honestly, the only time that I was really kind of like, oh, yeah, is when he was in the Sarlacc pit. For some reason, that just really hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, eight out of 10. I thought it was great. I'm very excited. All right, David. Same. Eight. Good start. They set a good foundation. Not too much wrong with it that I, I thought. Um, of course, being the Legends guy, I could pick at it. But I, <laughs> I thought it, for a new show... With the character that every we all know and love, yeah, they they had to be careful with it. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing with Kenobi when that comes out. If they have to be very careful with it, and I think they did a good job with setting it up to succeed. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think you could tell that it was made also more for like to. It, they tried to make it like because most people who watch the show, right, like Boba Fett, still it's just it's just this really cool character that was in the original movies. Like there isn't like they don't have the full, you know, backstory. They don't know the legend stuff. So it's just they're picking it up. It's like just Return of the Jedi to this. And for that, I think it did a really good job. Mm-hmm. So uh, before we close this uh, episode of the Boba book, of, I almost said uh, I almost said uh, book book of boba fett meetings but uh it's book of boba fett club uh, this is the before... best book club ever yes, i don't have to turn, read anything turned now we'll i'll be starting chapter two next week um but, but before before we close um i would like to ask a question uh for uh aaron and uh david and i'll kind of give an answer myself um so so we all basically have grown up with boba fett um in in our childhood in some way or form okay so what was your uh best boba fett memory as a kid it it can be anything from the first time you've seen him on screen uh time that you played with him as an action figure or maybe the time you saw seen him in a comic by like and anything's on the table 
we'll, we'll start with uh, David on this one. Oh, good, because I have mine. All right. <laughs> um, books and comics. There's the Shadows of the Empire comic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic story. I love it. The comic I love better than like the audiobook and the actual novel is because it goes <clears throat> into things with Boba Fett. Uh, which is great because you, you get stuff from Vader's perspective, Luke's, Han, Leia, Lando, Chewie, Boba Fett. Um, and in Boba Fett's arc through that comic, he has to fight off all the other bounty hunters who are trying to get Han. Mm-hmm. He sets traps for them. He gets captured. He gets he escapes, takes back Slave One, gets to Tatooine, Bosk and them. They have an ambush set for him. He totally fools all of them. Boba has Zuck as captive, and he mm-hmm. he puts him in a spare suit of his or a spare armor. So he sends out Zuckus on a speeder bike towards you know, Jabba's palace. All the bounty hunters think that's Boba. <clears throat> they go chasing after him. They catch up <clears throat> catch up with who they think is Boba, and they find out it's Zuckus. Meanwhile, Boba's at Jabba's palace with Han, <clears throat> and then there's a part where Bosk and Zuckus are. Outside Jabba's palace, Boba comes walking out, and Bosk is like, curse you, Boba, or something like that. And he thinks he's so good, then Zuckus is like, because he's the best. And it has that picture, a picture of Boba. He's just like swagger walking past, like, yeah, I'm, I'm the shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Home. Then there's another comic. I don't remember which one it is. Um, I, I need to find it and get it. But Boba goes on a couple different missions, and he uses like all his gadgets. From like wrist blasters, rocket launchers, flamethrower, everything. So it's you really get to see him use a variety of what he has, not just his his blaster rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the the book of Bo- or not the book of Boba Fett, the Boba Fett novels post Attack of the Clone. Oh, okay. So like the Scalactic uh, yes. uh, short novels. Yes. Yes. Yep. I did grow up with those. Those are fantastic. I'm hoping to get by the series um, just because I want to have them just like the Jedi Apprentice series. Mm-hmm. It's such a fantastic journey. It really is. And I really hope that they pull from the from all those books and then put it into the movie or into different material. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the stuff in you know, the Clone Wars TV show, it's not bad. Yeah. You get character development, but there's just so much rich knowledge and stuff from those books. Um, yeah, the, the stories are fantastic. He meets up with Count Dooku, Aura Singh. Dirge. Dirge, yeah. I yeah. think even at some point he meets up with Asajj Ventress, fights Anakin. Yep. You know, a, whole, a whole bunch of stuff throughout the Clone Wars. He even attacks Mace Windu in Chancellor Palpatine's office. Yep, I do, I do remember that. Like I remember reading that with anticipation, so... It's, yeah, that was, that was it's, it's so it's there's there's so much there. My favorite uh, Boba Fett memory is far <laughs> shorter and smaller. Um, my absolute favorite, like, so because being being ten years old when Empire Strikes Back came out, right? Mm-hmm. So in in real time, like Boba Fett, there and gone. Like he wasn't in the movie very long, and there was really very little to go off of. But as an action figure and as a toy. He was popular before Empire Strikes Back even came out. And my favorite Boba Fett memory, I guess you could say, was I had the original Kenner full-size Boba Fett action figure. Not full-size, but like large-size action figure. So so the uh, Jumbo, Jumbo one? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. And that was my favorite 
of those jumbo figures. And it was the only one, like all the other figures, like the Vader and it, they were all like stiff, like, and they couldn't mm-hmm. really pose. And like Boba was all articulated and like, and I think I, I really have to say that like, and along those lines. So my favorite memory is that action figure and having that action figure. And like, I thought that was always my, one of my favorite toys that I had as a kid was my king size Boba Fett action figure. Um, and I think one of the reasons for that and I, along those lines, like my favorite, you know, Boba Fett to me in terms of a favorite memory, it's like, he's just so damn cool looking. Yep. Like, it's just, he's like, it's his, it's literally, I mean, there's a lot of other things going on, but right. But like the way he looks is instantly iconic. And then everything goes from there, right? It's like, mm-hmm. he's just instantly iconic. And if you think about like how much he was in Empire Strikes Back, I mean, I mean, very, very little. Uh, you know, Flash, he's never probably on the screen for more than 10 or 15 seconds at a time. I don't know how much time total, but very brief. Like, you know, he's in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. I think I think it was like I think it was like six minutes of them like in the entire original trilogy, or some, if you something. include the that sounds about right the throwaway scene at the on Mos Eisley. Oh yeah, the uh, special edition <laughs> special new edition scene. Uh, it, I maybe, maybe I mean that's I think like still within six minutes. I but, think he's yeah. I think he's just so like like there's just a coolness factor to his armor and his appearance, and it makes him. Just, you know, one of the coolest looking things in Star Wars. And so for me, having that action figure, it was like, that's cool, man. I want to be, everybody wants to be Boba Fett, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Justin, you're up. Okay. Um, so my my favorite Boba Fett moment growing up as a kid, uh, it, was, it was a very uh, unique one. Uh, so one year um, for Christmas, my uh, mom got me a big thick like a big stack of uh construction paper like multicolored uh construction paper so uh what do i do with it well i had a a friend from school one day come over and we decided to make uh boba fett armor out of it so we like put like we taped the uh like uh the armor plates onto our shirts and (laughs) then we uh like actually somehow we made like an actual helmet out of the paper that wouldn't fall off um and i also remember my mom getting very upset that we used uh like we basically ran out of uh scotch uh yeah scotch tape after that <laughs> and like there was like nothing to gift wrap from cuz like we depleted the whole supply of tape from the house just to make these in which, uh, um, the like they it, the paper did wear and tear and get like messed up, so we had ended up throwing uh, the uh, cost- papered made costumes away at the end. But I just remember like I love the simplicity of the uh, like design of the um, armor of Boba Fett as well, because like heck, we were able to do that as kids, like cut cut the parts out, like to cut the shapes of the armor out put them on and yeah it was it was just so much fun uh doing that and and uh and and that memory just came right back uh kind of like this week when i was talking to mom about uh uh 
why I was so fond of Boba Fett. And I was like, yeah, just that, just that memory kind of popped back in. And then she was like, yeah, I, I somewhat remember <laughs> about the tape. I was like, okay. She's still sore about that? Uh, I, I think it was just like a look back with fondness. Right. That's awesome. So um, that will be uh, it for us to for uh, chapter one. Um, be sure to uh, uh, check us out on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll be uh, um, posting updates on our show as we go along. And uh, we will be back next week Woo-hoo. for uh, Chapter 2. Yeah. Uh, until then, uh, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.